You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. Yeah! It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. Visit dlbasementsystems.com for everything basement tea. Hey, I got an adult birthday to pass along. Oh, I love those. Happy adult birthday to Matthew Phillips. Oh, great. 25 years old. Oh, nice. It's a big one, George. I almost made like a... a are they are they, uh-huh. are they getting him ice cream for his birthday because he's little? Nice, dude. That's... I don't know. Really sharp today. Yeah. Start hour three. Yeah. Did he get the day off from Mr. Keebler's house? <laughs> no cookies today on your birthday. Stop. Okay. Sound very nice. Like it was jarring to see him out there in an NHL game. Yeah. He's not very big. No. 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 It's funny how nobody big. talks about him anymore. He's completely fallen off the radar here in Calgary. Yeah, he might win MVP of the AHL, but... Yeah, but nobody's fine. like, bring Phillips up. Nope. They did, and they're like, nope, nobody's asking for Phillips anymore. Nobody. I think he he is what he is, which is a very, very good American hockey league. That's player, fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. Good place. If you, can make a, if you can make a living playing professional hockey, that's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. There's guys in that league that make pretty decent coin, too. Um, we're getting some great text messages at 960, 960. <laughs> Um, the grossest things you've seen while waiting in traffic. Also, um, mm-hmm. the flames won't go away like blank. The flames won't go away like blank. 960, 960 name and location. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, he's the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. We say good morning to Derek Wills. Hey, how are you? Good morning, guys. I'm all right. How are you doing? Um, I, we're good. I have to ask you this. When you're calling a game, and you called the game at home against the Blackhawks, and then you're watching the same team the next night put on a performance like that. How tough is it not to say to yourself, how is this the same team over and over again in your mind? That's happened a lot this season. Uh, I have called them the Jekyll and Hyde Calgary Flames for a reason. I mean, one night they look like Dr. Jekyll, and the next night they look like Mr. Hyde. And it's hard to explain, uh, and it's really hard to explain the last couple of games. I mean, you go in red hot on a season-long four-game winning streak, having just won back-to-back games when trailing following 40 minutes, something they didn't do in their first 75 games this season and then did in games 76 and 77. You had a chance to move into a tie with the Jets for the final playoff spot. And uh, I guess the first four or five minutes in the last four or five minutes in the second period were good on Sunday, but other than that, not good enough. And then you think, well, now they're in trouble. Uh, They lost to the last overall Blackhawks who uh, had a season long eight game losing streak going into that game on Sunday. And now it's a must win, not mathematically, but realistically. And the flames to their credit played uh, a really good road game. That was far from, uh, from art last night. I'm not talking about Art Factora either, but uh, it wasn't pretty at times. We we called it a slugfest because there wasn't a lot of time and space. There were, were scrums after almost every whistle. Uh, it's funny. The same four officials 
worked Sunday's game and Tuesday's game. There was one power play between the two teams on Sunday and 11 on Tuesday, which shows you how much more emotion there was in Tuesday's game than Sunday's. And for me, that was a big part of why the Flames won, guys. Maybe it was hard for them to get up for the last overall Blackhawks. Not saying that that's an excuse, but I'm guessing that's probably part of what happened. Wasn't hard for them to get up for last night's game against the Jets. They knew they had to win it. Uh, they got up for it. They fought through some adversity during the game, including having another goal overturned, and they found a way to win it. And now they're uh, alive and kicking, and they live to play another day. Do you think that that dust-up with Dubois helped Mark Stramon in that game last night? Yes, and I think Pierre-Luc Dubois helped the Flames out last night because mm. he – was trying to get under their skin all night and was into it with about half the team. And that hit on Rasmus Anderson certainly stirred the pot, didn't it? And I don't know what Jets fans were so upset about. They booed the guy for the rest of the night after he got run into the end boards, kind of twisted in there awkwardly, really hit the back of his head hard, was down for a while, drew a penalty. We were wondering, uh, from our vantage point, if it was going to be a five-minute major, and if that's what they were so upset about, it turned out to be just a two-minute minor, and the Flames didn't score on it, but they booed him for the rest of the night. So there was a lot of emotion in the building. And when the Flames are emotionally engaged in games, they're a way better team. So maybe they should send uh, Dubois a thank you card because he certainly got them uh, emotionally engaged in that game last night. Did you hear that he also showers with water? Really? Yeah, he does. He uh, he mentioned uh, that. Take it outside the box, fellas. Yeah, he mentioned that after the game yesterday too. So I thought that was important to bring what up. What else would you shower with? I don't know. It was just one of those things that he said. And you can ask the forty-fifth president of the United States that question. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the water is any different in Winnipeg Sorry. than it is in Montreal, because I suspect that that's where he'll be showering next season. Uh I got to move on from Bring that. Uh, how about uh, Jacob Markstrom's performance in a back-to-back yesterday? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie, guys. I was surprised that Jacob Markstrom got the start on Tuesday. I'm getting my days of the week mixed up again. I kept referring to, to yesterday as Wednesday or Tuesday, but yesterday was Wednesday. On Tuesday, I was surprised that he got the start uh, against the Blackhawks because I really think that he had looked tired. And when you looked at his three games prior to last night, he had an 808 save percentage. I'm not pinning the losses on him, but they needed some more saves. So he must have dug deep last night. You can't convince me that he's not physically tired or mentally tired. And when you look at how this flame season has gone, there's been so much pressure on the goaltenders because they've played in more one goal games and have lost more one goal games than any team in the league. And when you're playing in all those one goal games, as a goalie, you feel like you, you can't give one up, let alone two or three or four or more. So there's been a ton of pressure on more so Jacob Markstrom than Dan Vladar because, A, he's the number one guy, and, B, he's coming off a season where he was a finalist for the Vesna Trophy. But I thought he was brilliant last night. I thought he was the best player on the ice for either team. And going into the game, I said, I need to see two things from the Flames tonight. Number one, yeah, it's a big game for the Jets. They can kind of put the Flames away with a win. But it's a bigger game for the Flames. The Flames should have been and needed to be the more desperate of the two teams last night. And I would say they were, so check mark. The other thing that I said needed to happen was for Jacob Markstrom to outplay Connor Hellebuck, which I added would be easier said than done. 
because Markstrom has not been good against the Jets in his career. Hellebuck has been really good against the Flames in his career. Connor's been better of late than Jacob, and it really wasn't trending in the direction that Markstrom would be better than Hellebuck last night. And I'm not saying that Hellebuck was bad. He wasn't. He was fine. But Markstrom was the better of the two goaltenders and made some spectacular saves and did so at really important times in the hockey game. He, he was awesome last night. And you know, now he gets a couple of days to rest, uh, to rest his body and to rest his mind. And I think it's safe to say that as long as the Flames are still fighting for a playoff spot, He's going to get the the last three games of the season. And if he plays as well in those three games as he did last night, he'll give the Flames a chance to run the table and a chance to get in. I'm looking at this fourth line. And in a game where you're on a back-to-back, you have a lot of penalties, whether it's power play or penalty kill in the first 40 minutes, guys are using up a lot of energy in your top half of your roster, and you kind of need those bottom six guys to carry you through in those situations. What did you make of that, that group in particular in the third period? Well, I thought that Walker Dewar was potentially the Flames' best skater last night. Another really good game for him. He just keeps getting better and better and better. And obviously scores a huge goal. And it's his seventh of the season, his second game winner uh, in the NHL. And he's so much fun to watch. And it's funny. You see, uh, he's not young, but he's young based on experience, you see a young player like Walker Dewar elevate to veteran players in Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis who have won three Stanley Cups between them. That's what I see happening on that fourth line, and that's not a knock on Lucic and Lewis. I actually thought that given their role, the Flames' fourth line was the best line last night, which is me giving them props and also commenting on the other three lines in some way, shape, or form. But Yeah, the fourth line, I thought, did a really good job outside of taking a couple of penalties. uh, I thought they played the way they have to play and played probably at as high a level as they have in any game this season. They really did keep it simple, and that was what we heard from Flames coaches and players going into yesterday's game, guys. Okay, it's the second half of a back-to-back, going to Winnipeg, play a a Jets team that's coming off back-to-back games where they scored six goals in both of them. They're going to be well-rested. We've got to just play a, a straightforward, simple, north-south brand of hockey and, and try to grind one out. That's what the fourth line did. They got pucks in deep. They got it in the forecheck. They banged. They crashed. They got to the front of the net, and they spent a lot of time in the offensive zone. And when they didn't do damage, then they set, up, set the table for the next line to come on the ice and, and maybe do some damage. So I thought the Flames' fourth line was outstanding last night, but uh, I would also add that as a whole, they're going to need more from their top nine in the last three games because, you know, they held the Jets to a goal last night. It's probably going to be tough to hold the Canucks to a goal uh, on Saturday night. Uh, you're going to need to score some more, and uh, I don't think you can rely too heavily on your fourth line to do that. Derek Wills is the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960. The fan joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Um, what did you think of Nazem Kadri's game last night? better was he playing guilty not, uh, I'm sure he was um, better question mark <laughs> not not terrible he, well he he worked hard and talked about uh, Jacob Markstrom getting riled up by Pierre-Luc Dubois Nelson Cadre was 
riled up by Pierre-Luc Dubois all night. So it was good to see that emotion from him. The guy is still too many turnovers. He's got to take better care of the puck, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, there weren't two egregious turnovers that led directly to goals like there were on Tuesday night against the Blackhawks, but there were some... There were some bad turnovers again by Kadri last night. And you know, I talked about the Flames needing more from their top nine in the last three games. He's a big part of that. And he can be a driver. He can be a, a big-time difference maker. They're going to need that from him in the last three games. So I would say better, but still not good enough. Is that fair? Yep. I think that's, I think that's extremely fair. Um, how do you look at the weekend here? between the Jets playing the Predators and the Flames taking on the Canucks Saturday night out in Vancouver? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, you cheer for uh, a regulation win for the Predators in that one because uh, they're still hanging around in this playoff race as well. And they've had the toughest schedule in the NHL down the stretch, but they're finding a way to win games. And they beat two division leaders during that stretch of, of tough games. So... They're not going away either, but I still think the, the target has to be the Jets. And here's how I look at it, guys. So the Flames needed a regulation win last night, and they got it. So now they're tied with the Jets as far as points, but the Jets do have a game in hand, and they do own the tiebreaker. So the Flames will have to finish ahead of the Jets, at least one point ahead of the Jets, uh, in order to finish ahead of them in the standings. And uh, if the Predators uh, don't put themselves into a wild card spot, get into the playoffs. So uh, if the Flames run the table, which is what I think they're going to have to do, they'll get to 95 points, which would mean that the Jets would need to get six or more points in their final four games, which, I mean, they have a a great chance to get six or more points, but I don't think it's uh, something that's guaranteed for them. They've got, uh, I think, a little bit more difficult schedule, at least on paper, than the Flames do. And then the Predators have a a way more difficult schedule, at least on paper, than both the Flames and the Jets do. But uh, basically, if the Flames run the table, they need to go the Jets to go 2-1-1 one, one or worse. And if that happens, they get in. But the Flames still have to take care of their business. And everything I read out of Vancouver since last Friday's game tells me the Canucks are going to be fired up for this Saturday's game because they didn't like uh, the penalty call that led to the game-tying goal. And uh, the Flames are one of their biggest rivals, and they would love to play spoiler so I think the Flames are going to have to play a, a really good game on, on Saturday night. And I'd like to see them play the type of game they played last night as opposed to the type of game that they played last Friday night. Because having talked to Flames coaches and players, they're all telling me that they're finding that there's a big difference between playing playoff teams and non-playoff teams right now. The playoff teams play with more emotion, are more structured, and those present some challenges, those two things, but non-playoff teams are, are looser and a little less structured and are taking risks that I would say playoff teams probably wouldn't take, at least not intentionally. But so those three things present some unique challenges. So the Flames are having to find different ways to win. And, you know, they played against a game against the non-playoff team in the Canucks last Friday and won five, four in overtime. And then they play a game against the playoff team of the Jets last night and they won 3-1 in regulation time. And that's what I'm saying. Two very different types of games that, that feel a lot different and look a lot different. So 
Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I would say a tougher game for the Jets than for the Flames, but that doesn't mean, mean that I think that the Flames game against the Canucks is, is going to be easy on Saturday night. Uh, I don't think that it will be. I think the Canucks are going to try to uh, stick it to the Flames and uh, respond after what happened last Saturday night when they, they let that game slip through their fingers. But, uh, of course, we'll be keeping an eye uh, on that other game as well. Uh, wouldn't it be something if the Flames won and the Jets lost in regulation and, and the Flames uh, were suddenly in the driver's seat? Uh, that that would that would be uh, absolutely something. Um, I, I want to ask you this question because I've been thinking about this. Do you do you believe the Flames deserve to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yeah, if they get in, they deserve to be there because again, they they have not had a great season. They haven't. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But they're battling with teams who you could say the same thing about. You know, the Jets had fairly high expectations coming into this season, and they're now tied with the Flames in the standings. So do they deserve to be in the playoffs? The Predators basically waved the white flag at the NHL's trade deadline. Do they deserve to be in the playoffs? I mean, if, if you get in, you deserve to be there, in my opinion. And the, the thing about the Pacific Division and the Western Conference this season is you've got a pretty clear path to get to the Western Conference final. For me, the two teams that I'd like to avoid, if I was the Flames or the Jets or the Predators or whoever, the Avalanche, and I know it hasn't been a great season for them, but they're getting healthier and they still scare me, and the Oilers. Mm -hmm. Because the Oilers can win in different ways now. And even though they're they're better defensively after they they tweaked their roster at the trade deadline, and Matias Ekholm has been a really good fit for that team, but they're better back on the on the blue line and, and the goaltending has been okay, I guess, but they can outscore their issues. And, and that's the thing about them. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins got to a hundred points last night. Offensively, that team is terrifying. So oh, yeah. those are the two teams that I'd want to avoid, but guys, other than those two teams, and maybe you have a different team or two, is there anybody else that really scares you in the Western Conference? No, if, if if I'm a Flames fan and I want them to get in, I'm kind of pulling for Vegas here to hold off the Oilers yep. and win the division. 100%. Sign me up for a Flames-Golden Knights first-round series right now. I don't know who's playing in net for Vegas. I don't know if Mark Stone's coming back. Um, they're kind of fading a little bit here, although they keep piling up some points. Sign me up for a Golden Knights-Flames first-round playoff series, and... There goes that narrative, too, that the Flames can't win in Vegas because they've won a game in Vegas. Yep. Handily, one of their biggest wins all season. Yeah, sign me up today if you can have that playoff matchup in a week and a half from now. Yeah, and I know it's been a tough season for Jacob Markstrom, but if the Flames get in, he'll probably be playing his best hockey of the season down the stretch and into the playoffs. And I'll take him over any of the Golden Knights goaltenders. With all due respect to, to Logan Thompson and the rest of that crew, I'll still take Jacob Markstrom, and, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but that's how I feel about it. And, and even the Kings. You know, the Kings, they're a better team than I thought they'd be. They are. And you know, they kind of rebuilt on the fly, and when they thought they were in a position to compete, uh, went out and brought some uh, high-end players in. They're a good team. But do I think the Flames would have a chance to beat them in a best-of-seven series? I sure do. So, again, and I'm not saying the Flames – couldn't beat the Avalanche of the Oilers, but they would be no. pretty big underdogs in yep. those two series. So 
if you look at any of the other teams that they could potentially face in the first or second round of the playoffs, I would give the Flames a, at least a decent chance uh, yep. to win those series. So just get in. And, and I would say the same thing about the Jets. You know, I think that the Flames and the Jets have a lot of similarities. They've both got goaltenders who can play at a really high level. Uh, Hellebuck has done that more often than Markstrom this season, but all you need is for the guy to get hot, and both guys have the ability to do that. Uh, I like both forward groups. I like both defense groups. Both teams are relatively healthy right now, which is good. So, yeah, I mean, it's wide open in the Western Conference. It's not like the Eastern Conference where both of the 2-3 matchups look like it's going to be an absolute dogfight. You know, just getting through the first round in the Metropolitan Division or the Atlantic Division is going to be incredibly difficult, let alone the second round yeah. and then the third round. I mean, it's a murderer's row over there. I just don't see it the same way in the Eastern or Western Conference. Yeah, let the Oilers and Kings uh, battle uh, themselves in the first round. Yeah, the Stanley Went Cup to seven last year, don't yeah, forget. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which player has been more of a pleasant surprise to you the last... I don't know, 15 to 20 games, Walker Dewar or Troy Stetcher? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with Walker Dewar just because Troy Stetcher is more of a known quantity, but that doesn't mean that I haven't been pleasantly surprised by him as well. What's pleasantly surprised me about Stetcher is his ability to contribute offensively. I looked at him more as just a, steady third-pairing guy who probably wasn't going to score a lot of goals or produce a lot of points. I mean, he hadn't scored in 90 games. You don't expect him to score any goals, really. But uh, since snapping that streak, he's got a couple of goals and has had uh, some other chances as well. But I I didn't think there was a lot of offensive upside there. I I just thought he was a guy who you brought in to kind of solidify your third pairing, and he's definitely done that. So he's been a pleasant surprise. But, you know, Walker Dewar is – in his second professional season and played only one game last season and started this season with the Calgary Wranglers, you don't expect a call-up to come in and have the type of impact that he's had playing in a fourth-line role. I mean, he's almost half a point a game, guys. That's good for a guy playing in the middle six, let alone a guy playing on the fourth line, primarily with Trevor Lewis and Milan Lucic. And he's elevated that line. And he's given the Flames a matchup advantage on most nights because other teams' fourth lines simply can't handle him. So I would say Walker Dewar has been the bigger pleasant surprise for me. And that's not a knock on stature, but you know, Dewar's been great. He keeps getting better, don't you think? Oh, every every game feels like he's taken a step forward. Like yeah. I, I think one of the biggest things I was worried about with Walker Dewar was how he was going to bounce back after he rammed into the open gate back on Tuesday against the Blackhawks. But apart from that, he was up there. He was skating fine, using his speed, gets the goal. He's been, he's been great. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? Like if you've got, you know, all your top guys killing penalties, doing power play, you're on the second half of a back-to-back, you need guys like that to come through. And, you know, 25-year-old undrafted college guy coming in and having an impact I don't know if there's a whole lot more you can ask from Walker Dewar with what he's brought to the table uh, here of late. Uh, Derek, we did want to ask you as well, uh, pretty good weekend laying out here because the Flames only play once. They play Saturday against the Canucks. So you got lots of time to watch a little bit of golf, which I know is right up your alley. What's your setup for the Masters this weekend? You guys are going to be surprised by this, but I don't watch a lot of golf. 
Mm, really? I play a lot of golf. Yeah, I play a lot of golf. I, I mean, I'll I'll watch some of the Masters. I watch some of the majors. But other than that, unless there's an interesting storyline, I don't watch a lot of golf. I did watch that full swing series, which I thought was really interesting, kind of playing uh, the PGA Tour uh, against the Live Tour. And uh, I don't want to give it away, but it, it was a good series to watch, kind of like that uh, F1 series, Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time watching golf. To be honest with you, I'd, I'd rather play, which right now, well, it's supposed to be pretty warm for the next few days. I guess I could go out and hit some balls in the range, but you know, I've, I've spent a little bit of time at Riverside Golf Center playing on the Sims, trying to get my game in order. Is, uh, you know, Spring's here, and sooner or later it'll warm up, and we can actually get out into some golf courses. But, uh, yeah, I'm anxious to watch the Masters, watch uh, the Canadians. Corey Connors coming off a win last week. Uh, has to feel good going into the event. And uh, you're looking forward to seeing how Tiger Woods does. It's, it's, I think that's the most fascinating thing for me, guys, is how he's kind of turned things around for himself, right? It looked like he had hit rock bottom uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, then he, he battles back uh, after that, uh, the leg injury that he suffered, the car accident. We don't know if he's going to be able to play again. He, he starts playing, and you can tell he's playing through a lot of pain. And now you wait to see if he can uh, – Compete at the Masters again. Uh, how, how many years ago was it that he won it again? Twenty nineteen. World. Yeah. So you never know with that guy. Yeah, he's on course right now. Um, he's on one right now, playing with uh, Victor Hovland and uh, Xander Shoffley. So it's a pretty sexy uh, trio of golfers on the course right now. Uh, Derek, uh, great stuff. Um, Going to be a fun three games the rest of the season here. Hopefully, they can eke into the playoffs. Thanks for this, pal. All right, guys, big game Saturday. Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, there's Derek Wilson, the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take order delivery at 403-248-3344. Tiger Woods on course right now. Kevin Na has withdrawn. Yeah, because he has so much live money. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, I don't need this. Four over through nine. He's like, you know what? I'm done. No, so Kevin's uh, good. So uh, Mike Weir's by himself right now. He yep. is cooking too. He's already yeah. through. Last I checked, he was through 10 holes and nobody else had made it through eight. He's yep. now through 11. He's going to make it the lunch people, here soon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be, he's going to tidy this thing up in a nice two and a half hours, three hour round, something Beauty. like that. Hell yeah. Good for Mike Weir. My dream. Um, straight ahead to, uh, we'll talk to Mitch Fox, Speargrass Pro, and the Speargrass Golf Show will join us. I'll get his thoughts. I want to get, I'm going to ask him, what's the biggest thing he sees in amateur golfers on why they slice? Mm. What is the number one thing you can fix in your swing? Uh, when it comes to slicing the golf ball, we'll get his All master's picks. In the hips. Uh, we're still taking your All flames text. The uh, the hips. flames won't go away like blank. The flames won't go away like blank. And we asked you, what's the grossest thing you've ever seen in traffic somebody do? There's some beauties <laughs> on here on the text line at 960-960. We'll get to all of that straight ahead. It's the Big Show, Ruskin Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Um, you got a night off from the Calgary Flames after that enormous win last night in Winnipeg over the Jets to keep their season alive. Tied now for that second wildcard spot in the Western Conference, although the Jets do have a game in hand 
and hold the tiebreaker, but they also finished the season on the road on a back-to-back in Minnesota and in Colorado. So that ain't easy uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. San Jose to Minnesota is the back-to-back, and then they have a day off, and then it's Colorado. But those Minnesota-Colorado games are both on the road. It's a tough schedule. So um, staying on the positive train, being positive, Pete, yeah, I think optimistic, this is definitely, Owen. Yeah, oh, optimistic. This would definitely The bright under. side, Ben. Um, there's something that not only the Flames win last night, 3-1, to one, but on social media today, there's a specific Calgary Flame looking like working out super hard. Why don't you fill us in, Maddie, on what is going on on Instagram this morning? Yeah, someone had tipped us off on the text line a little bit earlier on today, but uh, Oliver Shillington, who, of mm. course, um, under contract with the Flames, but has been away from the team uh, on his uh, social media today, on his uh, story there, back in the gym, working out, getting back at it. So that's great to see uh, for number 58 for the Flames. Um, obviously, you know, this doesn't mean anything concrete. He's got a little uh, shushing emoji like the Shh, careful, look out, I'm getting back in the gym. Uh, obviously, this is, this. I don't know, it's a social media video, but hey, a positive sign for a guy that we have not heard a lot about this year. The chances, there's a lot of ifs. Yeah, 100%. If the Flames can actually get into the playoffs, what percentage would you put it that the, Shillington potentially could be in the lineup? Oh, 5%? 5 So, like, and again, cue the gif. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. I, there's a chance for sure, but... It feels like well, it's it's, it's just like let let's just take it as a nice little nice little cherry on top of the cake that was a victory well, over the Winnipeg Jets. Yesterday. But it's nice to see him working out and working towards being back with the team. It's just kind of nice to see him too. Yeah, right. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah, there is a chance. Maybe we'll see. Um, talking to Derek there, and Derek's obviously he's the king of positivity oh, uh, yeah. when it comes to the Calgary Flames, and I kind of mentioned that that. The Oilers just look like a wagon right now. They are just, they're a buzzsaw. Of the eight 100-point players in the NHL, they have three of them. Yeah. The first team to have three 100-point players in over 27 years. Yeah, they look like a wagon right now. McDavid can't be stopped. Dreisaitl scores at will. They have 103 points. Uh, They've played one more game than the Vegas Golden Knights, who have 104 points. Stuart Skinner looks like an actual goaltender, although we have yet to see... And Colorado, by the way, finally in first place uh, in the Central, like we all anticipated eventually would happen. 98 points, which is great for the Calgary Flames because three teams tied for the top spot in the Central with 98 points. The Avs, the Stars, and the Wild. That's great for uh, the opponents of the Winnipeg Jets, the final two games of the season, because the Wild and the Avalanche have a ton to play for. It's not like the Bruins or the Leafs. Right, which they're just going to be shutting down players and not caring. That's great for the Calgary Flames that the Avs and the Wild have something to play for here down the stretch. But there's so much to worry about if you're a Flames fan. Yeah, I know. I I don't believe in them. But the Predators are still kind of hanging around a little bit like a bad smell. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think they're getting into the they playoffs. They got a big win in their last one. But, sure. You know, I think the biggest thing for them will be, are they getting anybody back in the near future? So here's your have your cake and eat it too moment for okay. the Calgary Flames. Yeah. You secretly want the Golden Knights to hold on to top spot in the Pacific. I don't even think that's much of a secret. I think that is like a shout it from the rooftop declaration that you want them to stay in first place with what the Oilers have been doing lately. 
If you could have the LA Kings try and take a bite out of the Edmonton Oilers in the first round, and I know we're getting very pie in the sky and probably getting way ahead of ourselves, but I would much rather have Edmonton and LA duke it out knowing that's a pretty bitter rivalry and seeing you know who comes out there, the, the lesser unscathed, and I would be much more willing to take on the Vegas Golden Knights given what we see between the pipes, the question marks around Stone, all that type of thing. I would totally agree with you. And when it comes to a potential Kings and Oilers matchup, I would love that. That's going to be a bloodbath. Those two teams do not like each other. No. After last year's postseason round, that has created a serious rivalry. They played two games in close succession recently, which were both really rough and tumble. That would be a good series and one that I'm certainly hoping for. And and there's something we've been talking about as well is that um, the Calgary Flames have the edge of net and a decided advantage in net. Although Jacob Markstrom has had a bad season as a whole, mm-hmm. like you see the performance he put together last night and how calm and confident he looked in goal on the back end of a back-to-back. Give me that Jacob Markstrom in a seven-game series against the Golden Knights, please. Two of his best performances have come against two of the harder teams they've played over the last you know couple of weeks the Kings, and this game against the Winnipeg Jets. I didn't think he was overly sharp in that game against Chicago. I didn't think he was overly sharp over the weekend either against the Ducks. But at the same time, got the win in one of them. The Chicago one's tough. But those two games against really tough opponents in Winnipeg and L.A., in games you needed to have, I thought he was outstanding. So if you're talking about maybe playing down your competition, sure, whatever. But as far as playing up to your competition and when you need them the most... Jacob Markstrom is a guy who's done that over the last two weeks. And for the Flames, like I said, man, if you're going to get into this thing, Jacob Markstrom has to be better than Connor Hellebuck in the what remains of the seven games for these two teams in the regular season. Um, also, that depth really was, was such a plus for the Calgary Flames last night. And that's something when I look at this team, when you can roll four lines like Daryl Sutter loves to do, might as well have the horn like it's Tim Bits hockey. Yeah. <laughs> but he loves to roll the four lines. And that was the difference last Type night. Type 45, blow the horn, next group yeah, over. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you're if you're the Calgary Flames and you're relying on your fourth line to to, to win games night in, night out, you're not going to have a ton of success. But the Jets had no answer for Calgary's fourth line last and night. And the other thing, too, is that, yeah, you don't want those guys to win you games every single night. But when the game script is like it is, Second half of a back-to-back. Lindholm, Backlund, all those top guys were constantly on the ice with penalties and penalty kill, power play and penalty kill in the first 40 minutes of play. You need the guys who haven't been skating a ton in those first few minutes to, or the first 40 minutes to bring you through, and they certainly did that. And, and that's exactly what you needed from that group at that particular moment in time. Um, we're going to mix in some more. Uh, the Flames won't go away like blank on the text line, 960-960. The Flames mm-hmm. won't go away like blank. 960-960 on the text line. Also, uh, I talked about how I saw a dude shaving once in traffic Yeah, with an electric shaver in a car Gross. while stopped. Uh, what's the grossest thing you've seen in traffic? 960-960, name and location. But right now, he is a Speargrass Pro and the Speargrass Golf Show. Um, we say good morning to Mitch Fox. Mitch, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, Mitch. Uh, um, Mitch, how, long do you, how, how often do you watch uh, or look at the weather uh, when it comes to this time of year? <laughs> Uh, no more than every 10 minutes or so. Yeah. <laughs> a nice <laughs> healthy minutes. amount. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It looks like we're going to get some, finally some nice weather early next week or this weekend. So kind of hoping for the best out here. Um, how long does it take courses to prepare when it comes to uh, the snow melting? What's usually the sweet spot 
for these courses to get the greens uh, in shape uh, for the golfers? I think it depends uh, on each course. Um, the guys we have here are pretty fast and good. Um, I think it depends on how many trees are around the greens and stuff like that. Luckily out here, everything drains pretty fast and the snow melts fast once we get some, some warm weather and some wind. So we'll get our superintendent, Russ Cram, and our assistant, Ashley West, out there pretty fast. And they're pretty good at what they do, so we're hoping for the best. Tell us a little bit about the course, how it's maybe uh, tuning up this year. Did you have to make any uh, maybe little adjustments in the off season? How's uh, Speargrass looking as we're getting set for opening day here? It looks good, yeah. It's uh, like you guys were saying earlier, it's six par five, six par three, six par four, so that's kind of unique to us. Um, it's always in very good shape, so I think last year we probably had some of the best greens around the city, and mm-hmm. we're expecting the same kind of thing this year, so... Yeah, we'll see. How would you describe the style of the course for people who haven't been out there yet? I guess it's like a link style golf course. It's obviously not uh, near uh, near any water, but it'd be link style. And then you get around the Bow River and you got all the views and a um, couple tough holes, a driving, tough driving hole on 17. That's kind of our more, most famous hole. Um, mm-hmm. It's our signature, signature hole out here. So that's, that's the one kind of everyone talks about when they leave. But it's pretty friendly. Uh, Wider fairways, tough greens to make putts, and always in good shape. So it's always a good place to play. I remember your Friday night deal was one that could not be beaten. What are we looking at as far as uh, some of the events and some of the kind of special nights that you guys are going to be doing at Speargrass as the season draws near? Yeah, so our our rates uh, Monday to Friday were $80, which includes cart and range. So it's a really good deal. And then we have uh, Friday night uh, it's either called Couples Day or Golf and Dine, depends uh, who you're talking to. But uh, it's uh, 18 holes of golf, which includes a drink and a meal, just for $80. And that also includes cart and range also. So you can't really go wrong with that deal. And then we also, last year, we put up a new tournament tent. So we have the luxury of being able to host tournaments up to about 140 people. So with a brand new tent. And so that's kind of a new perk that we have going this year. Uh, Mitch, wanted to ask you for amateur hackers out there. Uh, when you see them out there and they slice the golf ball, what's the most common mistake golfers are making that leads to a slice? Uh, usually guys are just swinging over the top. So usually you'll find that they're either swinging too hard or just trying to use only your upper body to hit the golf ball, which most people don't realize in a good golf swing or if you watch these guys on tv how much their legs are actually moving and you'll find most people just try to hit it with their arms or their upper body and that kind of causes guys to swing over the top in the dreaded slice that everyone seems to be dealing with um is the biggest misconception that people say you lifted your head when that's really not the case yeah that's kind of one of those tips that golf pros kind of laugh at it's almost the opposite i would say keeping your head down can cause you to slice it more often more than more than usual if anything so yeah it almost has nothing to do with anything but it's one of those things that everyone's been saying forever <laughs> if, if you get paired with some people that do you don't know do you like to keep it a secret that you're a pro that way they don't just look for unsolicited tips over the course of the round uh, I don't mind it. Uh, I try not, I, I wouldn't say I keep it a secret. I would, I hope that people can tell by, by the time they get to the first or second hole, but you never know on the day, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I don't mind giving a few tips. 
but it depends what we're playing for, I guess. How do you keep your game sharp during the winter? Uh, I hit balls a little bit, go to the simulator uh, a few times. But honestly, I'm pretty used to taking the winters off. Just from growing up in Canada, you usually, in the winter, you end up playing hockey or other sports. Um, so you just kind of get used to it. Uh, so I'll, I'll play a little bit of golf. Uh, I'm fortunate to be able to go down to Phoenix a couple times this winter and play golf. But other than that, you kind of just take a step away from the game and go to the simulator, put on the putting mat at home. But I think as Canadians, we're just kind of used to it. I think that's why you find uh, a lot of the guys on tour that are Canadians, they end up being really good ball strikers. I'm not sure if that's just hitting balls all winter and not actually playing golf. I'm not sure the reason. But, yeah, you just get used to it as a Canadian. Masters is this weekend. What's your hype level? I'm pretty excited for it. I'm hoping for some little controversy. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a couple of the guys that people don't want to see at the top and then a couple of the PGA Tour guys going back and forth. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Like a Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy final pairing on Sunday? Well, let's be realistic. Is Pat yeah. Reed going to be there? I don't, he's I won this it. This is exactly the type of tournament that Patrick Reed will probably show up. It seems like <laughs> Whenever there's controversy or everyone's hating on him, it seems like he uh, tends to play his best golf. But I'd like to see uh, Connors up there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good ball, uh, second shot golf course, and I would say Connors is probably one of the best ball strikers out there. So it'd be nice to see a Canadian up there or Morikawa. Scheffler will be tough to tough to beat as usual, but. Yeah, personally, I'd like to see Connors make a run at it. Mitch, isn't every golf course in the world and every golfer in the world, isn't it all just a second-shot sport to begin with? Yeah, I think it's uh, everyone likes to say drive for show, putt for dough, but I think uh, we're finding out with all the analytics and stuff that if you, once you can get it in play, if, you, if you're a good iron player, you're probably going to be one of the top players in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mitch Fox, Speargrass pro and the speargrass golf show mitch terrific stuff go watch golf now okay <laughs> sounds good thank you guys uh there he is uh brought to you by speargrass golf course calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience just 30 kilometers southeast of the city opening april 14th fingers crossed weather depending hope for more sun more days like this this looks like it's going to be a beautiful one look at that yeah. not a cloud in the sky that's georgie warm up that's the one thing i look really enjoy about calgary uh-huh. uh, the amount of sunshine you get here it's a lot dude it is there's a lot of days like this where you're like, no clouds, hey? Yep. That's fine. Love it. No worries. Um, I also love... Uh, what else I, do you love? When I throw out a, a topic to our listeners, um, they deliver. They- um, let's mix in a couple of uh, the flames won't go away like blank texts. Mm-hmm. And then um, I asked you, what's the grossest thing you've ever seen in traffic? Some of these are really gross, <laughs> and we're going to get to them. Uh, Texty McTexterson is our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot. The best in the team. Yeah, what do we uh, what do we got there, Patrick? Uh, when it comes to uh, the flames, that, that was my. I was watching the renovate the 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 ribbon cutting ceremony of the new uh, Rogers Center. So that was what that was Mark Shapiro oh, talking. Okay. Oh, yes, really? are they doing that today? Yes, they got a, the media. They got a big old ribbon out in the outfield. Mm, cool. A giant pair of scissors. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, how giant were the pair of scissors? I didn't see it. I, I was I was just away from it, and then I closed it. So. Uh, do you think they're ever going to do a ribbon cutting for the shovels hitting the ground in Calgary for a new arena? I don't know. Probably not. Okay. Um, that's great. <laughs> all my friends are dead. <laughs> that, uh, are all of my oh, friends boy. might be dead by yeah. the time the building's built. <laughs> well done. Okay, give us a couple Flames ones before we say goodbye, and then we'll get to the traffic ones. Liam in Lundbrek. 
the flames won't go away like that mean cow that wants to kill you every time you every time to try to tag her calf. Okay. Tough world, man. That's a rancher reference. Yeah. That was just right over my head. Daryl would have got that reference. Oh, 100%. Yeah. A lot okay. of our listeners would have got that reference. Get another one here. Let's go. Bob in Calgary. Saw a guy in a minivan on the deer foot eating noodles with chopsticks. Flew by me while downing his lunch. <laughs> awesome. Sketchy. Chopsticks sound safe that you're driving with yeah. chopsticks. Nope, that's not safe. And you're yeah. driving with a boiling liquid. My favorite thing of the week, uh, Quickest Alex, way to just burn your crotch. My favorite thing of the week is for some reason Alex was drinking his coffee with a chopstick in it and it was using it as a stir stick. Yeah, we do, I got to stir it with something. I love it. All my friends are dead. Okay, that doesn't really fit there. <laughs> I know, but I want to play it again. No, you can't. All right, uh, you got more on traffic stuff? Yes. Okay. Big Mike from Maple Ridge. The flames won't go away oh, like Marty funny. Rose seductively singing. It's all in the hips won't go away in my head. Okay. <laughs> seductively, though. It's yeah. all in the hips. Get off of it's me. It's all in the hips. Okay, more. Do we got a traffic one? or We a got traffic. Here. Okay, let's, let's wrap up with the traffic ones. Let's go. Sean in Airdrie. I seen a lady eating a bowl of cereal driving on Deerfoot. Yeah, I've been there too. I might have a bowl of cereal when I get home. What kind? Uh, I bought the cin- <laughs> I bought the Cinnabon cereal last no, time. Okay, I was very in. healthy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very healthy. Hey, if I'm gonna buy cereal, I'm not gonna get healthy cereal yeah, because no. that's an oxymoron. Nothing beats the smell of Cinnabon it's part in a mall and or of a airport. balanced breakfast. It's yeah, true. It, it he- is the part that makes it unbalanced. Yes. Trent in Tuscany, the flames won't go away like how Panquakes still makes me laugh. <laughs> Great show, guys. Yes. <laughs> the, the Panquakes guy. <laughs> yes, if, if, you're, if you didn't hear it, uh, Alex did a Brody on the beat and for some reason spoke to a guy who said uh, he had an idea for a restaurant where you eat pancakes and the dishes... The table the pl- shakes. The table shakes, and it would be called Panquakes. And then the idea was already made in Japan, I believe? Yeah, somebody yeah. did it. Yeah. Like, so. why would you want to sit there and then all of a sudden your drinks and everything is just shaking all over the place? I don't know. Experience. Sure. All right, <laughs> yeah, let's like, get to some traffic ones right, before we say goodbye. Traffic. Peter in Tuscany. I saw a lady plugging her stash the day. Stash. Okay. Plugging Oof. her stash? <laughs> yeah. Um, gross. That's fun. And Jeff in Calgary. Okay. Drove past a woman in a BMW. She was steering the car with her knees while eating a bowl of cereal. I was flabbergasted. A lot of cereal out there. Yeah, a lot of knee steering, too. I Not can do ideal. the knee steering. It's easy. No problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, it <laughs> no, sounds sure. safe, too. Ooh. It's always safer when there's kids in the car because you have to do stuff with the kids. You have to help them out and grab stuff, you know, do all sorts of things. It's really useful. Then. You know what I thought was never safe? Uh, but... My uncle drove with drove an automatic car with two feet. One was for the brake. One was for the gas. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that's wrong yeah exactly do that that's no, old because, timey guys with the with the clutch yeah but dad did that too yeah but automatic car not yeah. a clutch i know but so no, if you're in you an instance to... where you need to stop right away maybe you hit the wrong foot but even if you have the clutch the right foot is the gas and the brake and the left foot is the clutch the nope. left foot would never go clutch to brake because you have to nope. clutch and brake at the same time no nope. do you got any more on uh no, that's it. Um, got a uh, guy in a deer foot did a did full tarp change from t-shirt to button-up dress shirt while driving. <laughs> Harry man, Harry man back. back. Okay. Yeah. I've done that before. Sometimes you got to change a uni. While driving? Take a jacket off? Yeah, sure. No problem. Maybe not on a deer foot. That seems... Maybe at a red. If I'm at a light. Here, I'll get, I'll get text you to sing, play this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, my, again, my grandpa drives like that. He also is driven into a train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Whoops. it's not safe. No. I like that he drove into the train rather than the train drove into him. That's yeah, probably that, ideal. That's not to safe. Do it. All, All right, right, let's get to a one more from Texty and we'll say goodbye here for the week. Chris Calgary saw a woman driving a minivan on the Deerfoot and playing the flute. Playing the flute? Wow. Okay, that's wait a minute. Just a quick little practice? Wait a minute. What kind of flute was she playing? Ooh. I don't know what type of flutes are there. I'm just going to let that one. All my friends are dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for listening this week. Check out the podcast. Uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We're not here tomorrow. Um, it's Good Friday tomorrow. so um, Yeah. Taking the time off. Get your religion on and uh, spend time with <laughs> yeah. friends and family. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll be back Monday. Uh, Alex, how much replay do we have tomorrow of our show? Like 12 hours? Uh, there's two hours <laughs> during our regular time. And then one of the other hours will go on a little bit later in the afternoon. Awesome. Uh, three. Hey, listen on Sports at 960. Yeah. I might try an alternate shower. Something other than water. This okay. Um, Patrick, mm. what do you got on Mucho Big Show coming we up? We got uh, Calgary Roughnecks goaltender Christian Del Bianco getting ready for a big one against Panther City this weekend. Superhero night on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right, that's it for us. Uh, have a great long weekend. Enjoy the Masters, and hopefully the Flames are uh, firmly entrenched in the second wildcard spot when we're back Monday. Uh, have a terrific weekend. We'll talk to you then. Bye. All my friends are dead.